Hello and welcome to The Flex. This is Joe Howie, joined tonight by Jack Riccio, former WDOM Providence College radio broadcaster and former rugby teammate of mine from our days on uh, the PC Black Pack. Unfortunately, Matt St. Jean has come down with COVID, so he is, you know, he's feeling a little under the weather. Um, if, you're, if you're friends with him on Twitter, wish him well, wish him the best of luck getting through this. But tonight we have Jack filling in. Jack, how's everything? You know, it's tough to fill in for someone like Matt, but um, I will do my best to to meet the the standards and the caliber um, that he usually brings to this podcast. Um, feeling good tonight, though. Locked in right now on this tight battle between Bryant and Wright State. So getting a little taste for that Rhode Island uh, style of basketball. Peter Kiss right now, you know, struggling a little bit. We're in the first four of the second half, down by eight. But, you know, you can't doubt Kiss. You can't doubt Charles Pride. You can't doubt the Bulldogs. So, uh, locked in on this right now, and then, um, you know, depending on the outcome, whatever happens, happens. On to tomorrow. Big game tomorrow yeah. at 1240, less than 24 hours. It is it's go time. This is it. This is what, this, yeah. is, this is what like, this is the, the apex of, of this entire year of, of sweating through all those games under five points. Um, <laughs> this is it. This is what it all, it all leads up to. So um, we've got a lot to talk about, but. I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, no, no, you're totally right. Um, tip of the hat to to Bryant. You know, um, it's always nice to have multiple Rhode Island teams in the tournament that aren't URI. So we're happy for them. Um, hopefully they, they can edge out a victory tonight. But yeah, like you said, this is a huge, huge game tomorrow. This is what we've been waiting for all season. You know, um, I don't know if anyone's following March Madness on Twitter, but they're doing you know, the, the inside scoop on the Friars is one of 13 teams. But Ed Cooley said in an interview that, you know, it felt nice this past month to kind of just play with ease, knowing that you're comfortably in the tournament um, and pretty comfortably settled, I'd say, as a four seed in the Midwest. You know, you're playing in Buffalo this weekend um, and you're against the 13th seeded South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Now, Jack, I, I know you have a couple of things that you'd like to comment on this, but I, I think this tweet from Jeff Goodman basically embodies, you know, how this country, minus the Friar faithful, is are viewing this game. So I'll just read it to you. Jeff Goodman tweeted today, Ed Cooley, I don't think there's a person in America who has given us a chance to win this game tomorrow. Then Goodman writes, Cooley is a motivational genius, has players believing that the world is picking them to lose to South Dakota State. He's correct to some degree, many picking jackrabbits. He's not correct to some degree. I think everyone in the country that's not a Providence fan is picking South Dakota State to win this game. Absolutely I'm in right. a group chat with my friends from home. There's 11 of us. I'm one out of 11 that is picking Providence to win tomorrow. That matches the statistics that we have, that I have. I saw something before just on Twitter today that um, for points bet USA, their sports book, 84% of the point spread money is on the Jackrabbits against Providence. So that, that minus two and a half, minus two spread. People are still picking the the Jackrabbits over Providence, um, which is insane. You know, I mean, it's wild. It's going to be a, if it's a close game. I mean, people just aren't doing their research or just going off of the name. You know, the disrespect is, is real. It is real. Um, but you know, as you said, Joe, I like the mentality of this kind of adversity. You know, in the public opinion, the Friars are underdogs, right? Like it doesn't matter. Yep. Stats are out the window. It's just. You know, a, bu a bunch of white guys from South Dakota show up to the NCAA tournament. Everyone expecting to hit threes and do all these magical things to to pull off the upset. But, you know, in reality, um, it doesn't work that way. And I, I, I'm a little con I was a little concerned with the reaction of the broader Friartown 
um, on Selection Sunday in particular. You know, I was, I was, I was, I will say jubilant um, to, to see <laughs> that they had a four seed. So I, I had watched, so I'll, I'll give you a little background. I had watched Houston and Memphis thinking that if Houston won this game, won the, the, won the American Conference tournament, that they were going to get the four seed over the Friars. Honestly, like, yes, the Friars had a nine and two road record, but Houston had been dominating um, all season and didn't have a quad one win yet, but that was their first quad one win against the hot Memphis team who had beaten them by 14 a couple weeks prior. Um, they won that game handily. And to be honest, I just had a feeling the committee, given the cachet, given that they made a final four appearance a year, uh, just a year ago, that they'd give Houston, they'd put Houston in the top 16 and they'd bump yep. out, they bump Friars out, um, you know, over a Creighton loss. You know, they say margins don't matter, but you know, the media and, um, you know, some of the reactions and future statistics like Ken Palm do matter. Um, and, 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 you know, Friars dropped 14 spots in Ken Palm after that game against Creighton. So I was a little bit concerned about that four seed. But honestly, I feel like the committee gave us a little bit of a gift that I'm grateful for this seed. Um, and so the reaction when, you know, I read, you know, I'll, I'm not going to call out Matt, and he, he, made, he makes a fair point. You know, how is South Dakota State a 13 seed? Well, it's very simple. They don't play any defense. Uh, and they play the stuff. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's baffling. You know, people, do people expect, like, there are no bad teams in the national tournament. I hate to break it to people. Like, you know, who would we rather play at this point? You know, we, we again, yeah, like, the reason. four seed is awesome. Um, you know, overall, like, the, the, the in this position of the tournament, if you're in the top 16, you have a just about an 80% chance of getting out of the first round. You know, I like those odds. And this team, uh, this Friars team, you know, with their experience and obviously, you know, as they've proved throughout the year, being able to win tight battles, close games and high pressure moments, they can, they can, they can live up to the, to the hype um, and to the challenge of being, you know, a favorite for once. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but again, just a, a, a preface, I, favorite. a two point favorite, but nevertheless a favorite and, and a top four seed, which this is, this is their, you know, their biggest accomplishment, I think, is a program probably ever. Um, you know, if we're not, I'll say this: it's the biggest accomplishment since the tournament went to a 64 team or 68 team format. Um, yeah. Right? This is their highest seed. I don't think there's is, really any yeah. comparison. Um, and obviously, winning the regular season title, um, you know, is monumental. And it's it's we've seen a historic run, and it doesn't feel right, you know, that this kind of run would end in a first round exit. So I don't believe it. I, I'm I'm manifesting right now. Um, and I'm very confident with this matchup. So I have my, I have my top 10 reasons why the Friars will not lose tomorrow, but, um, I don't know if you have an agenda here or, or some segments you want to, you want to kick off. So I'm open to no. it. <laughs> this is why we had you on. Cause we know you have <laughs> I can this, talk this forever. Top 10. You me. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, you know, I think you make some great points, Jack. Um, this is the highest that we've been seated in the NCAA tournament since it, it's turned to a 68 field team so it's 60 68 team field excuse me but um i just think it's worth noting too like you said the south dakota state is out of the summit league the last time this team played a power conference opponent was on december 11th in 2021 that was months ago and by the way that was washington state they edged them by uh three points so yeah, that's their best win that's their best win of the whole right. year right the other the other power conference games were comes to losses with against Washington, eighty-seven to sixty-seven or seventy-six, and our route from Alabama, one hundred four to eighty-eight. So, again, 
for everyone thinking that South Dakota State's going to shoot the lights out of the Friars, this this is a Jackrabbits team that has not played a power conference defense since December. And, and forget Washington State. They're a middle-of-the-pack team in the Pac-12. It's not even like they're a top-tier team. They're not even in the tournament. So let, let's just let's take a moment here and think about the defense that the Providence Friars are going to bring out here uh, and the defense that the Providence Friars have brought out against some of the best teams in the league, Villanova. Villanova beat us by a combined seven points across two games. This is the same Villanova team that just won the Big East tournament and is seeded two in the big in the big dance. So just take a moment. If I know it's a hot pick right now, you know, you go on Twitter, you go on social media, everyone's picking South Dakota State, best three point shooting team. You know, Providence is lucky this side and the other thing. It just doesn't seem like anyone is doing any real homework. Here. Right. And let's talk about that. That first, you know, I don't I don't want to discredit South Dakota State. It's not easy to be a power conference Mm-mm. team on the road. But to, uh, it's it's worth mentioning that Washington State did not have their point guard in that game either. Tyrell Roberts was hurt. Um, Roberts, who just scored 23 in the first round of the NIT and to, to, to beat Santa Clara um, 63 to 50, was not in that game against South Dakota State. So, I mean, do I smell... Do I smell some luck? Do I smell fraud? A little bit, you know. But you could say the same thing for the Friars. You can make the same argument that, you know, their big their biggest victories against UConn, Seton Hall, those teams had injuries. Um, Wisconsin, you know, didn't have Davis. So, you know, I'm not going to try to play that game. But it's worth mentioning that their one, you know, oh, yeah. victory was against a team who didn't have their point guard. So, again, yeah. not to sound petty. Uh, let's get down. You know, I think we should, we should kind of look at them at a glance. So, South Dakota State, very impressive. Number two in teams' points per game. Um, score. They obviously have a very efficient, well-oiled machine on offense. Eric Henderson is a fantastic coach, fantastic offensive mind. Um, they really have, I, I would say, perfected their brand of basketball. Um, you know, getting getting penetration, going downhill um, on ball screens, and then you know, flashing to the to the perimeter when uh, the help commits. And I think. You know, players like Baylor Shireman, um, who's so versatile, he shoots 46% from deep um, and 55% from, you know, from inside the arc. So you can pretty much score from anywhere. Um, it's going to be, you know, they, the Friars have their work cut out for them on defense. But yeah. to your point, Joe, uh, they also have one of the best defenders in the country in Justin Manile, who matches up yeah. well, I think, against Shireman. Um, so just at a glance, you know, everybody talks about the three-point percentage, the three-point efficiency for South Dakota State. But it's, but, but it's also important to note that they only take about 21 or 23 pointers per game, um, which is in the bottom 250 for Division One. So they're pretty selective when it comes to shot. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, I wonder if mixing in some of that 2-3 zone that the Friars are comfortable with you know, does that push South Dakota State out of their comfort zone and, and push them to shoot more threes? Um, so it is interesting, but yes, right now that they're at, they're at 44% three point shooting, you know, that's obviously excellent. It's, it's, it's number one in the country. Um, they're also very good scoring inside too. So, I mean, again, very versatile yeah. offense and, um, very efficient, you know, there's no question. Um, yep. but some of the, the downsides here, um, oh, sorry. Well, actually, I want to mention one more thing to compliment them, um, is that they're very disciplined on defense. I will say, so they, um, they don't allow a lot of offensive rebounds and they don't foul. And that actually might hurt the Friars a little bit if that's the case tomorrow. Um, you know, cause that's what 
the Friars thrive on if they need to get back into a game is drawing those fouls, getting those second chance buckets, those opportunities down low. Um, so South Dakota State does take care of it in those two aspects of the game. But the downsides here is first and foremost, I would say they have a poor interior defense, and that's kind of being generous. Um, their number one rebounder <laughs> is, is Baylor Shire is Baylor Shireman, who's you know more or less a point forward. Um, and so I mean, he's six foot six. Their tallest player is six foot eight. You know they're a little bit undersized. I think that's that's fair to say. And um, uh, you know small fair, ball could. Or, fair. Yeah, fair or not, it's objectively true. <laughs> right, their biggest player is six eight two forty. Um, right, and so what did we see in those blowout losses? Um, we saw an elite defender on the other side. We saw a team that you know didn't allow penetration, didn't allow Nate Watson to get hot. Like you saw it against Creighton, you know Nate Watson is pretty much shut out um, by the Big East Defender of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. So. Um, you know, does does, does that, that was my first question. Does South Dakota State have anybody like that that could give Watson a hard time? And the answer is absolutely not. Um, so I would say that's number one. That's their poor, poor you know, lack of interior defense. Um, you know, they can protect the boards, like I said, but, you know, they're not they don't get a lot of offensive rebounds. They're not very aggressive on the out and crashing the glass. So, um, you know, they're not going to tire out that Friars team. So I think another thing that is concerning is. You know, the Friars aren't very deep. They don't go deep into their bench. You know, they have a rotation of six or seven guys, perhaps eight at times, um, if Drew Font needs to come in and hit a three uh, to lift their spirits. Um, but overall, you know, you you know, you worry about the other team's play style and can the Friars keep up? And they've shown that they have, but at times you've seen them get fatigued. Um, you know, I, what comes to mind is that Xavier game <laughs> against triple overtime, which they ended up winning, but, you know, hey, that was fatigue brutal. or not. Fatigue or not, you know, Providence just out tough Xavier there. And, right. you know, you talk about fatigue, you talk about depth, too. Uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of clips uh, on Twitter recently because for some reason or another, the entire Big East fan base seems to be so devoted to analyzing South Dakota State on behalf of the Providence fan base. So thank you to everyone yeah. who's been releasing these clips. But if you take a look at South Dakota State objectively, and this isn't to knock them, they just don't look very athletic. Um, I think that's something right. that Providence can can pride itself on is the athleticism of our guys. And, and I think if it comes into, you know, a, a huffing and puffing match of who's more tired at the end of the game, advantage us. You know, we outlasted Xavier, who's a very athletic team, to three overtimes. Yep. So I, I think just objectively, you know, you look at the athleticism of this team, you look at the conference they play in, and like you said, Jack, you look at their, their interior defense, you know, they're not very good on the inside defensively. So what's their, what are they going to do against Nate Watson? They're going to throw bodies at him. You just have to, you have to anticipate that Watson's going to get double, triple teamed and that guys are going to be open on the perimeter. So yeah, I don't think it gets much worse of a shooting night than it did against Creighton last week. So hopefully our guys can hit those shots. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the other thing too. Though this part of like the first, the first, the first point, the first reason I would say is they're too small. Um, you know, their best rebound obviously is six six, and they're not physical. So like, like you said, they're not gonna, you know, the Friars aren't gonna get tired out defending this team. You know, they're not gonna put, you have to exert a lot of energy. Um, so on the other side of the ball, where when you know when they're getting in transition and when they're in their half court sets, they're gonna they're gonna be able to, able to expend more of that energy you know, getting the ball down to Watson or, um, you know, finding an open look from three. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, especially for Watson, like it's good, you know, doesn't have to put in a, it's not going to have to like overexert himself, you know, just to just to shore up on defense. I think it's going to be a lot of perimeter uh, ball movement. So it's going to be on, um, you know, I'd say Horkler, Manaya, uh, Bynum or Durham to, you know, to, to do most of the legwork on defense, which is fine. And then, you know, it's, it's usually it's a one and done possession for the most part for the Jackrabbits. They don't get a lot of boards inside. So that's number one is um, not a physical team, too small, um, which is an advantage Friars. Number two, I mentioned this already, um, only 21 threes per game. And I think that the Friars do match up well with their perimeter defense. Um, Manion Shireman and uh, their second leading scorer, the Jackrabbits, uh, Wilson, you know, doesn't have an outside game. You know, he, he he's does he's only taken four threes all season. He's six foot seven. You know, I don't think Croswell, Watson, uh, Horkler are going to have too much of a tough time. I know it doesn't just doesn't just come down to height, but um, <laughs> no. But I mean, he's also not a good free throw shooter either. So you're not too concerned if you end up fouling him and sending him to the line. Um, you know, he's athletic, obviously, but you know, we we've got we've got we've got athletic guys too. So. Um, you know, you just key out on him. I think they can, they have a good chance. They have a good, uh, matchup one-on-one with Wilson. Um, number three, the reason number three that the Friars are going to win this game or that, um, uh, South Dakota States are, are, you know, I'm, I'm smelling fraud. Uh, they lost to Idaho. They lost to the Idaho Vandals on Wednesday, December 8th. Now, granted, this was a road game. Um, to my knowledge, they didn't have any injuries, so there's nothing there. Um, Joe, I'm not sure if you're aware, Idaho won one game last year they were 0 and 19 until february 26th and on february 26th they they beat montana state at home uh by five this year they won nine games and one of those games was south dakota state they are ranked 323 on 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 ken palm now granted everybody has a bad loss you know we talk about yeah. like the you know when providence remember that one time they lost to long beach state okay fine south dakota state lost this game by 14 points like yeah, that, 14, that's inexcusable against uh, Idaho Vandals who won, who won a combined 10 games in the last two years. We're, we're not talking, we're, we're not talking like a, a single digit loss. That's a fluke at the end of the game to Long Beach State. You're talking like a, a double digit 14 point loss at a team. Like you said, Jack, that's won 10 games over the last two seasons. Like that's a little, that's a little ridiculous. Fraudulent. Like, that's fraudulent. Yeah. That is fraud. You know, if, we're, if I was looking, if I was a bank, I wouldn't give them a loan because that's, you know, that that's some, that's some, there's some issues with their credit history. Um, and you know what? You know why they lost by 14? Because they don't play any defense. Um, so number four, reason number four. Oh, yeah. So number reason number four um, is that they're too young. So their bottom 75 in combined experience. Does experience matter in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. Would you agree? Yes, it does. Yes. Yes, and, absolutely. You know who's top fifty in experience combined? And in fact, I believe top ten. Uh, am I correct? Yes. You know who's top ten in experience? Combined experience? The Providence Friars. Providence Friars. Yes. So sir. I'll take I will take the old dogs over the young bloods. Um, number five. So we talked about this again. This is like stat I see I've seen come up and discussed at nauseum. Um, is their three point shooting and their three point percentage? Um, 44%, probably the highest we've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, I did some more research. There is no correlation between three-point shooting and tournament success. Um, so I'm going to give you the list of the last seven teams that had the best team three-point shooting percentage in the tournament. Now, granted, um, one of those teams is Baylor from last year. So there's a caveat to this, but um, in order. We have to take 2021 we have to take into was, account 
Baylor's right. defense last year, too. Well, that's what I'm getting at. So number one, so in 2021, it was Baylor. 2019, it was Wofford. 2018, it was Purdue. 2017, it was Marquette. 2016, it was Michigan State. 2015, it was Lafayette. And 2014, it was Creighton. Um, Baylor obviously won the national championship last year. Um, and Purdue in 2018 went to the Sweet 16. But those, those two teams had something in common, and that's they, they both had a top 50 defense at the time as well. So that kind of yeah. helped. Um, the rest of the team, removing those two, the rest of the teams who did not have a top 50 defense at the time um, are, com- are were a combined two and five in the tournament, including Lafayette, Oof. who's a 16 seed, Michigan State, uh, who in 2016, if you remember, lost to Middle Tennessee. Um, actually, they might have had a top 50 defense. Marquette, who um, in 2017, they I forget who they lost to, but it was by a lot. <laughs> I do Murray know that. State? I remember that. Uh, no, that was 19. They lost oh, no, to Murray South State Carolina. Was... Yeah. Um, they lost to Sandarius Thornwell in South Carolina by by 20. They got smoked, um, you know, and they shot whatever 43% from three. Um, and Creighton, who lost in the second round in 2014 with Doug McDermott. So again, I mean, the point I'm trying to make here is without a defense, if you just shoot threes and you don't play any defense, you know, there really isn't a correlation with tournament success. Again, those teams who didn't have a top 50 defense, or even if you take out Michigan State there, who probably did at the time, you know, they're still two and four uh, in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. so that brings uh, me to my, to my next point. Um, and I'm sorry, Joe, if you want to chime in on that. No, I was I was just going to say, I, I mean, I think that's a great point. You know, you talk about uh, a lot of the narrative surrounding a lot of March Madness teams is how well you can shoot, how, how well you can play offense. Um, I think one of the best indicators of this is you look at that 2019 Villanova team. Um you know, that won the Big East Tournament Championship. Everyone talked about how far they travel. That Villanova team played no defense, and then they got curb stomped by Purdue. Yep. So I I, I think, you know, you talk about success in the NCAA tournament, you have to talk about defense. You know, Virginia Absolutely. won the title in 2019 because of their defensive efficiency. So, again, you know, three-point shooting, that's great. That's fantastic. If you're the best three-point shooting team and you're shooting the lights out in the Summit League, good for you. We're not going to take that away from you. But – you're playing a Big East opponent, one of the best defensive Big East opponents. So, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I just. I, the, yeah. All and if you're looking and, at and Ken Palm the, yeah. right now, as we're saying this and, and, you know, you're you're looking for a rebuttal. You're saying, oh, well, the Friars have a top 50 defense either. Fair. But, you know, what the Friars do well is they, they, they defend the shot very well. You know, the only thing they don't do well is force turnovers. But I don't even think you really need to do that. You just go into your zone. You force. You know, you force South Dakota State to take more perimeter shots than they want to in this game. And, and you know, don't let them get comfortable. Um, yeah. So that brings me to the next point. So obviously, we've been saying this whole podcast that South Dakota State has no defense, um, particularly on the interior. That's number six the official on the official list. Number seven is that Providence catches fire after being smoked. <laughs> so... Um, you know, the eight-game win streak after losing by, I think it was 15, 16 or 18 to Virginia, and then they Another lose by game over 20 to Marquette, to close to 30, um, right? Or No, it's 32, that's right. Um, 32 points to Marquette. 32 points to Marquette, and then they go on another eight-game winning streak. Um, you know, again, like, they just got blown up by Creighton. They just got the brakes beaten off of them. Perfect. You know, now it's their time to reset, <laughs> refocus, realign, you know, they don't and 
Friars have not lost two games in a row this year. And that's not, you know, that's not for no reason. It's because generally they're a very good team and they know how to win. Um, so again, I don't expect them to lose back to back games to end this, you know, to end this run. That is the least Jack, last thing I expect from this team. Did you listen to the, the post game press conference after that Creighton game? I did not. I, I did not really engage too much with, um, you know, some of the, some of the, the content around that game. I kind so, of want to forget it right away. So it's funny you say that because in the post game press conference, a Marquette reporter asked Ed Cooley the same thing. He said, Coach, you played, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact quote. He said, Coach, when you lost to Marquette, you lost by 32. After that, you knocked off eight straight. You know, is that some is that some sentiment that you're going to share with your guys? Cooley looked the reporter dead in the face and said, that's exactly what I just told my team. Um, and I mean, really, the proof is in the pudding. We lost by double figures to Virginia in a curb stomp. Won by one eight games straight. Lost in a curb stomp to Marquette. You won eight games straight. So... Listen, this is a team that when its back is against the wall and when, when the narrative is going against them, they typically play their best basketball. They're, that's the reason they're the Big East regular season champions. The, the coaches picked them to finish seventh. They didn't like that, so they proved them wrong. Right now, ever, the, the world is picking them to be a, a hot, trendy 13-4 upset. Prove them wrong. That's a great point. I, I, I like that. Absolutely. Um, and I know Ed Cooley is the right mentality, you know, be the underdog and, 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 you know, keep it real with your players. Like, and look at the success you've had in the past. Like, don't forget to, you know, reflect on what you've accomplished and, and, and you know, carry that same approach, same mentality into, into the tournament and to where it matters. Um, and yeah, so that, I mean, that brings me to my, my next point is uh, number eight is no reason. Number eight is El Durham. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just El Durham. Uh, but you need a closer in these type in these tight games, and I also love the defense he plays in the perimeter. Um, so it's he's he, I think he he's gonna he's poised to have a big tournament. Um, he I thought he looked good in the Big East as well in the Big East tournament. Um, he seems to be healthy. You know I, I think you know this long period of rest will be good for that sports hernia. Um, so if he's if he's feeling good, you know I, I expect him to get penetration. He should he should exploit you know that that size differential, you know, their lack of um, ability to defend in the post. Like, you know, Durham should be getting to the basket in this game. That should be a yeah. focal point for this offense. Is Durham getting penetration? He should be looking for Watson or he should be looking for um, an easy layup. Uh, Reece, As it yeah, pertains to Al Durham, I was just going to say, you know, uh, there's uh, the argument that resting him when you played at Villanova is what got you that loss by two points. Mind you, it was only two points. So, you know, there, there was some controversy over that, but at the end of the day, I think the the long term dividends from that decision are extremely noteworthy. He won Big East tournament all conference, and Providence lost by the means of a route to Creighton because Durham turned it on. You know it, that Butler game, he didn't necessarily have a, the best offensive game, but he had hit the shots when it mattered. Yeah, he hit that huge three, and then that that breakaway dunk that really just sealed the game. So. You know, a Big East tournament, all-conference team, I think that's fantastic. And you're right, I think he's playing with a lot of momentum individually going into this game. Um, so, you know, let's see if the other guys can string it together. A.J. Reeves said in a press conference prior to the Big East tournament that we haven't seen a game when all six of the top guys are on. Um, we are, you know, one guy will take it one, ga one game, Nate Watson, Butler. Another guy will take it the, ne the next game, Al Durham, Creighton. Let's see what happens when everyone pieces it together in the same game. I think that's something special. Right, right. And, and you know, and it's free throw shooting, too. And that's absolutely huge as well. Um, you know, again, like I said, South Dakota State doesn't foul a lot. They're very disciplined. 
but you know that just it's a signal it signals to me that they're not a physical team and you need to be a physical team you need to be you know willing to win ugly and play you know and play a physical game against this friar team if you expect to beat them um if, if you you know otherwise the friar should should easily be able to control the tempo control the tempo and control the glass and control the the, the paint um you know which is their bread and butter and, and, and Nate Watson, you know, there's no question he should have he should have a, a, a million touches at least, and you know, 30 points. You know, I, that's what I expect from our fifth year senior. Um, and same for Al Durham, he's a physical player as well, and he's not afraid to get, you know, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Um, you know, so these pretty boys from South Dakota State think they can, um, you know, win over America's hearts by by jacking up 35 footers, but. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's a different territory when you're, when you when you, when you face the Friars. Number nine, um, Providence has no bad losses this year. Um, contrary to years past, you know, we've seen it. There's a pattern. It seemed like Ed Cooley was having deja vu every year where, you know, they'd have some, some level of non-conference success and then they'd lose some sort of road game or, you know, to some, to some team like Penn or, or Brown, I think what happened one year. Uh, yeah. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, uh, uh, Long Beach State, you know, they have Charleston. you know that one bad loss. And then the conference, you know, you lose to DePaul or something or um, Georgetown, Georgetown. You know, you have one of those, right, where you're like, it kind of stops you in your tracks. And it, while it was very close to happening this year at, at Hinkle Fieldhouse, it didn't. You know, they haven't had a bad loss. Um, and that, again, that's not by mistake. You know, this team, again, knows how to win and they're willing to do what it takes to win and to use each and every second of those 40 minutes um, to their advantage. If they're cold, they'll find a way to get hot. They'll find someone who can, who they'll find an answer. Basically they'll find a way to get bet themselves back in the game. Um, and again, it's not by mistake. It's not by mistake. that They don't have back-to-back losses. It's not by mistake that they haven't had a quote unquote bad loss. Their worst loss technically is Virginia, you know, and we're talking about Virginia, Tony Bennett and, and the ACC. And I think they finished right top four, top five in the ACC, yeah, right? Top, top top four finish, not to mention Tony Bennett's a national championship caliber coach. Exactly. You know, still with Kia Clark, who I believe was on that team. Um, yes, he was. So it's not nothing, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not it's it's not Idaho. <laughs> That's for no, sure. It's, yeah. it's not 14 points to Idaho. Um. So no bad losses here. And that's what that's what signals to me. Like, this is a different team. It's not like the Chris Dunn era where you wouldn't get consistent play. It's not like, you know, um, and, and no disrespect to the, to the previous team. It's very, very hard, again, to be, you know, consistently good, especially in a conference like the Big East. But that's what that's what yes. sets the team apart for me is that they're so consistent and they know how to win. And um, and there's just no excuses like they just they go out and they do what it takes to win. You know, like as opposed to years past where you would see like. Um, you know, they'd have a bad matchup or, you know, like whatever their, their, their first option isn't working. Their second option isn't working. You know, let's kind of throw our heads up and, um, you know, take our licks. You know, the Friars have a million options and they have a million ways to beat you. Um, and I think yep. that's what makes this team so different. So special is their experience and their IQ. And, um, they're a lot more cerebral than people give them credit for. Um, uh, that's why they can win these close games. I forget who said this, so I don't necessarily remember who to cite, but someone said that Providence is just relentless. You know, yeah. we won't we re, we refuse to lose. Um, obviously, that's not absolutely true. They have the true. talent we, we to, have, to, to get themselves in any game, to put themselves in a position uh, to win yeah, exactly. any game they play. Um, yep. And the coaching as well. You know, I've been my God, Ed Cooley, his growth as a coach is just unbelievable to me. You know, 
I think the biggest criticism of him for a while was that he couldn't win close games. And this year, you know, what are they, 11 and 1? I forget the stat. 11 and 1 in games decided under 5, 11 and 2 or whatever. Um, yep. It's 11 and 2. Yes, because yeah. the two losses are to Villanova. And then I think it's even more if you count overtime, right? It's like 14 or 15. So, um, or is it, yeah, well, you know, um, something like that. It doesn't matter. So, like, again, yeah. they've won a lot. They've won a lot of close games. Ed Cooley, you cannot make that criticism. Again, he's, you know, turned it from someone who couldn't figure it out in the last four minutes to someone who's a wizard in the last four minutes and is unstoppable and has his guys um, go out and execute. Go yeah. out and execute and control those, again, like I said, the last four minutes and finish the game. You know, Jack, this is something that um, we haven't necessarily broken down in depth on the flex. I think it's something definitely worthwhile um but i i I think you're right you know you look at these close game situations and you look at the entire span of the season uh, i i think you know our variety of options offensively is the reason why we've been able to close out games um whether it's jared bynum hitting you know a 35 foot three against xavier al durham hitting his free throws watson getting the the go-ahead and one dunk against marquette you have a variety of options so when you get in these tight game situations opposing defenses just don't necessarily know who to guard if you throw three bodies at Nate Watson, you risk leaving Jared Bynum, A.J. Reeves, Horkler open from the perimeter. Or if you, if you only want to put one body on Watson, that's fine. He's gonna the ball's gonna go right to him. So uh, I think you know there, there's some method to the madness here, and I think the seniority of this team, the the different talent levels of the players, and the variety of you know skills and attributes that's brought to the table night in and night out is what's allowed Ed Cooley to coach this team to so many close game victories. Yeah, and the variety, I think that's a good word for it, you know, because, I mean, this just team is so versatile. They have an answer, like I said, we have an answer for everything. They have so many tools in the in the toolbox, um, and, and and they can beat you in so many different ways. So, and that's part of the reason. It's contributed to Reason 9. Like, it's, you know, no bad losses this year. It's because if someone's cold, they don't have just a first or second option. They have everybody's an option. Everybody can do it, um, right. which is just incredible. You know, it's just what we've been... I think it's it's a team that Ed Cooley's been trying to build for for eight years, and it's finally come together. Not even eight years; it's um, oh my gosh, eleven years, right? Eleven years. Twenty eleven. Yep. Uh, oh my gosh. But even just going back to that, you know, we'll we'll say starting in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen when he, you know, his recruits were on the team. Um, you know, it's what he's been trying to build for this kind of culture, this kind of you know, share the ball. It's about the team. It's not just one or two guys. It's not just a couple of five stars and, you know, the rest of them. Like, it's everybody matters. Everybody has a purpose in this team. Everybody has a role. And so that brings me to my last point. Number 10, uh, South Dakota State has shooters, but PC has dudes. And you can't beat (laughs) five dudes. You cannot do it. You know, five dudes, you know, they don't don't lose two games in a row. Um, They don't lose on the biggest stage in college basketball. Uh, and frankly, I just don't see them losing at all. And, and these te- these guys are winners. They're dudes. They're going to be them dudes tomorrow. Um, and so that's nice. That South Dakota sh- State has, uh, you know, they have some, they have some guys that can, you know, put up the put up those, uh, you know, they they can light it up from the perimeter. But you know, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're again, if you can't be physical, if you can't scrape and and be in that position before um, and having having faced that adversity. And, and overcoming it by, you know, with through a team effort, through a collective effort. Um, you know, this team is so, such, a, such a close group of guys and, and um, they know each other's strengths and weaknesses and complement each other perfectly. Um, 
So, I mean, that's why they're them dudes. And frankly, South yeah. Dakota State is not. You know, they're one-dimensional. Like, that's great. You can shoot threes. It's great. You have an efficient offense. But what can you do to win a game? Um, yeah. You know, and that remains to be seen. So, I think it's a close game tomorrow. But I think the Friars just, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. And that's, you know, I never doubt them. And this is, you know, again, this is a different team that we've seen before. This is the best team they've had in the, in the 64 tournament, team tournament format. They're not going to lose in the first round. They've, they've worked too hard. They've come too far. They've grown too much to, to, to have it end in a first round exit. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for those 10 reasons. Yeah. And because I said so. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree totally, Jack. You know, um, and I think, too, just when you look at the profile of this Providence squad, we typically play to the level of our opponents, whether that's playing down uh, at, and scrappy at St. John's in Carneseca or whether yeah. it's trying to outshoot Villanova at the dunk. Um that is a bigger for, win that people talk about. That St. John's win at Carneseca. We just it, look what St. John's did after that. They're on a tear. Yeah. St. John's, by the way, not getting an NIT bid. That is a huge smack in the face. Wow, I don't get that either. They were, they also, were awesome this year. Also, Travis Steele got fired today, and Xavier won last yeah. night in the NIT. Yeah, I, oh Steele. I mean, five years didn't no tournament appearance, right? So, no, I, I, it, I can it, see that. But uh, it was a long time, was time. coming, Xavier. Xavier was a banner, banner caliber program, and he kind of just took him down a dark path. The writing was on the wall with that one. I I don't know. You got to question their resolve. You know, Xavier, I think, (laughs) I think Providence broke Xavier after the triple overtime game. I think when they won that, (laughs) it was over for them. I think they just kind of went in their pocket. They folded. They really did. I mean, um, yeah, that's too bad. I like Travis Steele as a person. He's a... Oh my God! Do you listen to to to? Well, you see one shutting podcast now. It's Tyson Tate, but you've ever listened to that that podcast, the Good Guy segment? Um, yeah. Travis Steele is like Good Guy of the Year. I think he's an amazing person. He's awesome to talk to, and you know, I always I know he's like super friendly to everybody. But um, good guys don't win college basketball games. Bad guys win. So um, unfortunately, you know, well, best uh, best luck to him though. Good he's, guy. Yeah, but he's a bad man, right? I wouldn't, you know, he's a bad man. Like, I mean, he he's not he's not messing around. He's not he's not being he's not being friendly when he doesn't have to be. Um, you know, he's a media darling, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows what he he knows what he needs to do to motivate his guys, um, and pull strings and do whatever it takes to win. But anyway, let's not let's not compare coaches here. I'm just going to comment on Travis Steele's good guy status. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, Jack, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your ten points. Um, you know, you heard you heard ten it commandments. Um, ten commandments of ten, this first round game in particular. <laughs> and we'll, if we win tomorrow, we'll have you on for the ten commandments of the second game. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, I love to back. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, the Friars will take on South Dakota State University tomorrow at twelve forty p.m. You can catch that game on True TV. This is the first round matchup for the Friars for the first time in a long time, Jack. I am. Super excited to watch this game. Uh, it sucks that it's in the middle of a work day, but I've got my calendar blocked off. We're hey, ready I to just, go. It, it, just a message to the people too. Like, yeah, just enjoy the moment. Just live in the moment. Like, stop. Like, it's not. You know, I just talked about ten reasons why the Friars are going to win. Like, we overanalyze. We analyze it to death. But who cares? We're playing. We're. This is a national tournament game. The first real one, not a Mickey Mouse tournament. The first real one um since the beginning of the pandemic since everything was shut down in 2020 think about what we've been through and people have been through absolute hell um and, and people have gone to rock bottom uh during the pandemic and people have you know been through those tough times and, and bounced back 
um this is our reward this is we we we've earned this we deserve this we we've we've taken our licks too um and this is just it's it's an awesome moment like just enjoy the moment and 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 just be you know be present and just have fun let's just have fun let's not even let's not worry about let, let's you know let's let's sleep well tonight and no matter no matter what happens tonight you know we had this incredible run incredible run that was completely unexpected and Frankly, I don't know if it'll happen again. You know, this is such a unique, no. special, historic season. So let's just appreciate this and uh, appre- appreciate every second. And that's what I'm going to be doing. So let's go Friars. Let's go Friars, baby. Let's go you Friars. Heard, you heard I'm it. pumped. <laughs> you heard it here first. Appreciate the moment. Live in the moment. Soak it all up tomorrow. This is a, a historic season for the Providence Friars. Jack, do you want to plug your, your socials real quick? Um, I think it's at Jack underscore Riccio 70. Um, I'll be tweeting. But that's about it. Yep. So, so you know where to follow him. You be follow sure me. you're following the Flex on Twitter, too. You know, we will be right back after the game tomorrow or Friday, depending on what happens. But, um, you know, make sure you're reaching out to Matt St. Jean on Twitter, too. He's a little under the weather right now, stuck in his apartment over in Queens. So reach out, send him some love. Make sure I you think, send us um, some love. Give us a nice review. I think Ed Cooley sent him some, some ivermectin for uh, to, get him, <laughs> to get him ready for the tournament. So. Yeah. I sure hope me. so. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um again, the game is at 12:40 p.m. tomorrow True TV. Friars take on the thir- the 13th seeded South Dakota State University Jackrabbits on none other than St. Patrick's Day. What a better way to to kick off the postseason following the luckiest team in America across the regular season than to play on St. Patrick's Day. For Jack Riccio, I'm Joe Howie. Thank you for listening and go Friars. Go Friars.